This is more of a path that you're going to have to walk together with your child so that between you, they can conquer whatever it is they need to conquer, knowing full well that you are by their side to support them. Hello all, I'm Carmelita Tu, and welcome to Know Them, Be Them, Raise Them, a show to help busy, mindful, growth-oriented moms stay informed and inspired as they navigate their daughter's tween and teen years. Tune in each week to hear from experts, authors, moms who've been there, and hear a curated selection of articles, read with the author's permission, of course. If you like what you hear, or you find something helpful in the podcast, hit subscribe or follow, tell your friends and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I would so appreciate it. Before I head into today's episode, I do want to mention that I'll be talking about self-harm from an educational perspective. There are no personal stories or graphic experiences, but we do discuss what it is, why it happens, and so on. For some, this might be difficult, or you may choose not to listen to this around young children. I encourage everyone to assess their situations, take care of yourselves, and if you need additional resources, head to NAMI.org, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, that's NAMI.org, or check out the Crisis Text Line at crisistextline.org. You can also check the show notes for these links. So I don't think I'm alone when I say that self-harm is the kind of topic that you know exists, but you hope you never have to deal with directly as a parent. It's frightening to think about your tween or teen hurting themselves on purpose. For a long time, I buried my head in the sand, hoping that I could avoid it. But through friends and family, as our kids have moved from toddlers to big kids into their tweens and teens, I've come to realize it's much more common than I initially thought, and it seems to lurk near the surface of our realities more often than we think. My guest today, Kai Graham, is here to shed some light on this topic. Kai is a parenting teen and mentor, a podcaster, international speaker, and Amazon number one bestselling author of The Teen Toolbox. She's a mom of two fantastic young adults in their late 20s, so she's been deep in the parenting trenches. Kai blends nearly three decades of motherhood with her background as a master practitioner in NLP, hypnotherapy, and coaching, together with her experience as a childline counselor, to create her Teen Toolbox series, which provides parents and teenagers with the tools to successfully navigate the vital and sometimes rocky stages of adolescence. It's her mission to help parents to support their children so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Here's our conversation. Kai, I'm so excited to have you share your voice and expertise. I really appreciate you being here. Well, I, I so appreciate you giving me this opportunity, so thank you. And um, if we can help the listeners just get a handle um, on this topic, then that's important. I think everyone wins, don't they, Kai? Yes. So diving right in, self-harm and having tweens and teens that may be considering it or are in this space, it feels so scary to me as a parent. Yeah. You know, I've been there on the receiving side of messages about contemplation of that. And I honestly struggle. And I think a lot of parents out there have no clue what to do when they hear about it or discover it. So can you shed some light on what self-harm really is and, and maybe starting with the origins and then we'll go from there. Let's, let's do that. First of all, I want to validate parents' feelings because 
it's a scary topic and it's a scary thing to even have to think about when you know that your baby is struggling because it's our job, isn't it, to look after mm -hmm. them. It's our job to protect them. And if, if we sort of suddenly hear that there's a possibility of self-harm or, or that it's sort of going on, you know, with your child, it's a bit, it, it's confusing and the, the guilt sort of hits us. Mm. But also there's a massive amount of fear. And I think a lot of the reason is because for many of us, we come from parenting from experience and we come from parenting. Well, you know, ask me about sort of English or maths homework and I'll be able to sort of help you out a bit there. But when it comes to self-harm, many of us haven't walked that path. Many mm -hmm. of us don't. Under, because I know in my day, whether or not it was going on or not, woe betide we even spoke about it. Woe right. betide we even spoke about mental health. So self-harm, certainly, I, I, I would I would hesitate to say that it never happened in our day, um, but it was never spoken about, so we didn't right. know about it. So therefore, how can we pull on our own personal resources if we've got no experience of it? So hence the fear. So I think we need to just say, that's natural. Don't start beating yourself up if, you know, if you are all you can feel is negativity and all you can feel is sort of fear. What I would say is let flip this totally. If you hear that your child is contemplating or is self-harming, there's a massive positive here is that you are now let into their world a little bit more. And now mm. you can, you have the opportunity to support them because if you didn't know about it, you wouldn't be able to support them. But now you do know about it, then there are things that you can do. And so that, that's the sort of validation about what's going on as far as the parents are concerned. Um, let's start off. I worked with the UK's largest sort of child counselling service for a very long time. And their definition for self-harm is hurting yourself or damaging yourself on purpose. Hmm. Right. Self-harm could be cutting or bruising or hitting oneself or burning oneself mm. um there are other schools of thought because if we go back to the sort of definition of hurting yourself intentionally in some way it could be eating disorders because we're sort of hurting our mm -hmm. body by controlling food it could be drugs it could be addictions it could be alcohol mm. it could be smoking it, it depends what sort of school of thought you're thinking it could be risk intentional quite bad risk taking it's basically when your child is behaving in a way that is detrimental to their well-being, I think. Mm. So let's think about that. Anyone that is self-harming is hurting themselves to make themselves feel better. That, that doesn't even make sense, does it? Right. But that's what's happening. And so really when I speak to kids and I'm going, you know, what's motivating this? They are just trying to put the brakes on. They're just trying to stop the chaos in their head. There is so much emotional turmoil going on. It's a bit like a runaway train that they can't stop. They can't stop this bleak, dark feeling. And yet by hurting themselves, there is that instant physical pain that suddenly takes over and that the emotional pain mm. stops for a minute because suddenly there's that physical. And, and that is so much more instant that it just gets rid of the chaos in the head wow. for that short period of time. And that's sort of 
why they're doing it in a nutshell. I mean, please appreciate that it's like peeling back the layers of the onion. It is different for every person why they're doing it. Some kids don't even know why they're doing it. But a lot of the time, it's trying to just, please, can it just stop? Does that make sense, Kat? What struck me as you were talking was, I've heard mindset coaches talk about when you find yourself in a negative headspace, you have to do something to kind of short circuit where your mind is going. And of course, there are healthy alternatives that adults are encouraged to use, like taking a walk or exercising or doing something else. But now that you talk about this, it's the same desire. It's the same outcome that they want of stopping those negative feelings. And I hadn't tied those two together, that this is a way for kids to feel like they're coping. Um, yes, and it is. Might, yeah. well, that's the thing. It's a coping strategy. And when you actually go onto sort of websites or child forums and kids are sort of saying, I'm really struggling. I'm having a really hard time. I can't deal with this. The stresses are too much. And the, the answer is, well, what are you doing about it? Well, some people are writing journals. Some people are going for walks. Some people are self-harming. Well, hang on a minute. As an eight-year-old, let's say, or a, even an 18-year-old, well, I've tried journaling and that didn't work. And I've tried walking and that doesn't work. Mm. I'll give self-harm a go. No, 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 no. And this is why when I said there is a positive for parents, if they find out that their child is self-harming, is that they can go, hang on a minute, you're Mm. trying to interrupt one cycle, but with, uh, in air quotes, solution that actually is also hurting you. So Mm -hmm. let's see if we can do something differently. In NLP, we call it a pattern interrupt. So they are interrupting one pattern, one cycle, trying to stop it, stop the pain. But it's sort of misinformed and... It is not the solution, it's, it's not the answer, but it's one way that some kids find it just stops all the other rubbish. Mm-hmm. Really, it's ironic and hard, isn't it? Yeah. What I love about this perspective on self-harm is it, it encourages, I would think, parents like myself to be more compassionate and empathetic as opposed to angry which I imagine is a common response. Like, how could you want to do that? It makes no sense. So many parents have just said, well, I've just told them to stop. For goodness sake, I've ordered them. And and the the thing is, is the child's not like, oh, thanks, Dad. Yeah, I never thought about that. I mean, kids want this to stop. But what we need to do is we need to come, as you rightly say, we need to come from a place of compassion. And we need to understand what's going on. Mm. We probably don't understand terribly well because we haven't been through that sort of that cycle or that experience personally. So we need to be able to understand what is going on in your child's mind. And ultimatums will not get you what you're looking for. So it's a matter of working out how you can best support your child Mm. and working out the whys. Now, why they're doing this. There was a a survey and basically kids were asked, what are the top three reasons for self-harming? The first one was low self-esteem, which covers a multitude of issues. Mm -hmm. Um, The second one they said was because they were being bullied. Mm -hmm. And the third one was because they said they had depression. Now, I'd just like to sort of do a, a, a sort of caveat here. Depression this was the, the the kids labeling it. What we have to remember, because I have heard from so many young people and they say, I've got depression. You know, I'm, de- I'm depressed. I've got depression. I go, right, okay. Have you been diagnosed? And they go, oh, no, 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 I haven't been diagnosed, but I just know. 
And the thing is, I think what our kids need to understand is that they might not have depression. They might have just had a really bad day or a really bad week or mm. it's exam season and they're having a really rubbish month. You yeah. know, because I think the thing, as soon as, our, as soon as we hear labels, we start listening to them. So mm -hmm. I, th I think if a child sort of comes up to me and sort of goes, I'm depressed and therefore I'm, you know, this is happening. I have to call them out on it and go, well, maybe this isn't quite right, but let's dig deeper and see why you're feeling so rubbish at the minute. So it's just trying to understand what is going on in your child's world and what is sort of triggering their need for this coping strategy. And, and more to the point, once we are sort of start understanding, how do we start understanding is quite important. Mm, mm -hmm, and the fastest mm -hmm. way to do is to start talking with your child, mm. is opening up that dialogue. And that you really ought to stop with this. Don't you realize it's just not, you know, not the solution and it doesn't help. It's more to the point. Let's sort of start asking questions a different way and making fewer ultimatums and going, I know about this now. I'm so glad I found out whether or not your child opened up mm. to you or you found out from a different source. And it's basically what you need from me. Mm. How, how do I support you? How do I help you deal with this? Because self-harm is a lot about control. So much stuff is out of control, but they can control this. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's just being open and listening to what they have to say, because some mm. kids might need practical space um, or practical support. Other kids might need space and like, well, now you know, just leave me alone because they don't know what's going on in their heads. So they might need to get that sorted. Mm -hmm. But it's just trying to open up that conversation where your child actually feels as though you've got their back rather than yet again, you're going to be nagging them and being on their back. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, that shift from trying to get them to change or stop being sad and asking how can I do better and how can I show up for you? Tell me what yeah. you need. I can see that resonating differently 100% with both parents and the kids. And I think a lot of parents, again, as we said, come in because it's scary, it's confusing. They come in with fear, they come in with ultimatums, they come in with accusations. And I think what's also important is just understanding, because I've, I've heard so many sort of parents, sadly, sort of saying, well, they're just, they're just looking for attention. And mm. it's, what we have to remember is self-harm is not attention-seeking. And if you just think about if you've got a child who is cutting themselves, I would say odds on is that they are always wearing baggy jumpers and mm. stuff that covers up all the scars that's not looking for attention that's trying mm. to hide it all away that's mm. trying to keep it secretive and i think that's the thing we need to understand why is self-harm still very secretive why is your child trying desperately for you not to know about it ah. and there are a number of reasons here and number one is <sighs> mum or dad will overreact Mm -hmm. And actually, that's the natural response. It's like, hang on a minute, you know, you're hurting yourself. And, and oh, you know, it, it's just, this is just alien. Uh, in, unless, of course, you followed that path yourself. But I'm talking to the masses that probably haven't here. But right. the, 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 the child is worried about mum and dad overreacting because mm. they know that it's 
not right. They know that it's probably not the best solution, but something inside them that, you, you know, your child is, is sort of still driving them to do this because they haven't found another solution yet. Right. So we need to address that instead of going, wah, 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 you know, yeah. we need to sit back and remove our own ego, remove our mm. own emotions. This mm. is, forgive me, parents, this is nothing to do with you. Mm. This is about your child. The second reason is our the, the kids are saying, I don't want to cause mum or dad or whoever, whoever the significant parent or adult is, I don't want to cause them any more pain. Mm. We shouldn't be putting that responsibility on our children. I've, right. I've, I'm, I'm struggling. I've got all this going on in my world, blah, blah. And the last thing I want is to make mum and dad upset and, and make them feel bad. That should not be our child's responsibility. It is our right. responsibility to manage our own emotions. So the first thing that I would suggest, if you hear your child is struggling, is self-harming or whatever, is pull yourself away from the situation and practice self-care breathing, belly breathing, or whatever it is that helps you ground yourself and become more grounded, I think is the right word. It's just yeah. to, to allow yourself to go, okay, let's assess the situation with less emotion. Yes. How can I support my child with a level head? And that's what yeah. we need to do. Please don't put another thing for your child to worry mm. about. It's important for the parent to go, okay, I've got this, right, okay. It's not about me. I can go and have a meltdown later. I need to sit down and support my child as best I can now. Yes. And that's the thing, because we can't blame our child for bad behavior, in air quotes. We can't, you know, it, if we start judging, it, it's just going to add to a more negative situation. So I think the thing is, is self-compassion, not, oh, well, I've failed as a parent. It's no, 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 no. I found out and I can step up now. And as a parent, I can do something about this so that I can best support my child in the way my child needs me to support them. Because mm. suddenly, you know, sometimes your child sort of hits a roadblock or a stumbling block. You roll up the sleeves and you think, right, I can sort this. That's yeah. not our responsibility either, because then our kids don't learn and they don't grow. So it's this is more of a path that you're going to have to walk together with your child so that between you, they can conquer whatever it is they need to conquer, knowing full well that you are by their side to support them. Mm -hmm. Something that came up for me as you were talking was how important it is for parents to be aware of how they're showing up and the impact yes. that that has. Because I think sometimes we forget that, oh, if we fly off the handle every time our kid tells us something negative, then they're going to feel less inclined to share big, hard news with us. Or if we are frustrated with our own lives or with work and we put so much of that on them or we show up in a way that feels uneven and unpredictable, they won't want to add to our stresses. So exactly what you said, recognizing the need for taking care of ourselves in this in, in the parenting journey is so important so we can show up in a more grounded, capable and even keeled way, like a neutral space, a safe space yeah. for our kids. I think so often we think of self-harm as being something that's just entirely in our kids' control, but they're reacting and making decisions also based off of how they think we'll react and how we're showing up. Precisely. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of this is because their minds are still 
growing their brains are still growing that you know the adolescent brain doesn't stop sort of developing until the mid to late 20s and so mm. everything is in chaos it could be hormones you know a lot of adolescent life many teenagers feel out of control and so self-harm is a way of controlling whatever mm. is going on and i think the thing is is that we can't control this but we can help them deal with what they're going through in a much more constructive manner and mm. a, a manner where they feel supported and loved and not judged because mm. it's confusing for all of us and i think the thing is is rather than feeling i need to be able to deal with all this and i need to be in full control rather than i've got to sort it because yes. it's hard and your child not, might not be able to even verbalize what's going on i think sometimes turning to your child and going I've no idea what's mm. going on here, but we are going to do this together. Let me hear and understand what's going on so that together we can make things better. Let's just take it one day at a time. We don't have to have this solution sort of, you know, all packaged up to today, but I'm with you. Yes, you might need to go and see doctors and yes, you might need professional support. But the point is now, uh, this is a journey your child doesn't have to do on their own any longer. What a powerful conversation with Kai. And I'm stunned by how much I learned and how many nuances there are to this topic. In a separate episode, Kai will dive a bit deeper into how parents can show up for their kids, the warning signs to watch for, and healthy coping strategies. So keep an eye out for that. But here are my top takeaways from this episode. Number one, self-harm, put simply, is harming oneself on purpose. It can manifest in many different ways, we most often think of burning or cutting, but eating disorders and self-destructive behaviors, such as drugs or intentionally making bad decisions, can also fall under this umbrella. Number two, self-harm is a coping mechanism. It's essentially a pattern interrupt. It short-circuits the internal pain for a moment. To end self-harm, we have to identify what's motivating it and help our tween or teen find healthier ways to cope. Number three, Self-harm is not attention-seeking. Number four, if you discover that your child is having thoughts of self-harm or has engaged in self-harm, it's natural to experience feelings of guilt and shame. Instead of beating yourself up, consider the discovery a positive. It's an opportunity to support your child. Number five, ultimatums, guilt, and anger will not get the self-harm to stop. Instead, aim to come from a place of compassion and support. You can say, I'm so glad I know about this. What do you need from me? What can I do to support you? How can I help you with this? Be open and listen. The goal is to get to a place where they see you as having their back. Number six, if you discover your child is self-harming, have compassion for yourself and strive to show up in a calm, non-judgmental way to help open up the space for honest dialogue. Taking care of yourself on this parenting journey is so important so you can approach stressful situations with a level head. Number seven, we can't control or fix self-harm on our own, but we can help our young person deal with what they're going through in a more constructive manner, where they feel supported and loved and not judged. And it's good to tell them that while you may not fully understand and you may not know what to do, you will always be there to help. If you're worried a family member or friend might be hurting themselves, you can also refer them to the Crisis Text Line, 
at crisistextline.org. They can provide help in identifying healthy coping alternatives. You can text the word CONNECT to 741741 for free 24-7 help for self-harm. To learn more about Kai Graham, visit kaigram.com. That's C-A-I-G-R-A-H-A-M.com. You can also follow her on Instagram at Kai Graham and find her on Facebook. Her Facebook page is at The Kai Graham and her Facebook group is called The Parent and Teen Toolbox. A huge thanks for listening. If you found something helpful or insightful, remember to subscribe or follow, tell a friend, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm honored and humbled to share a portion of your day with you. And here's to strong women. May we know them, may we be them, and may we raise them.